From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Yes, Mr. Robert, thank you very much. It is me, it is I, it is Mike, it is Mike Davidson lives. Gobble, gobble, happy Thanksgiving week to one and all. Recording this uh, wee hours of Thanksgiving morning before I hit the hay and get up in a few hours to cook turkey. But uh, hopefully you and yours have a great holiday weekend ahead. Um, yeah, recording this a little later than usual because it took forever to get my boy to go to bed. Logan, there are two things he likes to do. He likes to eat and he likes to avoid sleep. He does both very well. And he slept for like maybe 45 minutes before he was up for another two hours running around the living room. But I think he's finally passed out. Um, but he's going to have a big day tomorrow. Uh, his grandparents, his uncle Jacob's going to be up here. His, you know, grand, My wife's mom, his other grandma, of course, just three houses down. She's going to be here. And there's going to be a big plate full of food for him. And there's just going to be some food for the girls too. But uh, they are notoriously picky. So I, I doubt that they're going to clean their plates. Logan. He'll put it away. I, I got kind of into an argument with um, uh, my five-year-old daughter when I got back from work this evening um, because I put the Christmas tree up Sunday. We haven't put the ornaments on it yet, but the tree's up, the lights are on. And whenever possible during the season, I kind of like to have all the lights off in the living room except for the Christmas tree because you know, it has that soft glow and it's, it's, it's pretty nice, tranquil, calming. She kept wanting to turn the Christmas tree lights off. And I said, no, they stay on. And she just kept going on and on about it. And I don't understand this, especially since, you know, kids are supposed to be excited about Christmas. I don't know if she's just doing it to be contrary or what. But uh, I eventually won out because, well, I'm the parent. But I was just getting some pushback on that, which I found very bizarre. Um, I, did, I did find time to uh, squeeze in. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles tonight have that on DVD. Do not have the 4K Blu-ray that came out for the movie's 35th anniversary this week. 35 years old, can you believe it? But watched it all the way through, unedited. It's great. And then uh, had the TV on uh, as background noise on uh, AMC, and they air the TV edit. And My God in heaven, terrible. Uh, First of all, AMC has this really bad habit of hot clocking things. It's a, and that's a radio term for those playing along at home. Uh, hot clocking is uh, back in the day when um, to squeeze more commercials in, uh, radio stations would play songs faster at a higher speed. Uh, not so much that it sounded like chipmunks, but you could definitely tell listening to other stations uh, that there was something afoot. And any time any music got played during planes, trains, and automobiles, noticed that. Uh, and they, they were editing out all sorts of things like, you know, uh, the, you know, the infamous hotel room rant with Steve Martin and, uh, John Candy, John Candy called him, you know, a tight ass and a, a jackass, which compared to day that those words are kind of, kind of safe, you know, it's, yeah, it's, those are PG 13 words, but I don't know what they were doing if, uh. You know, just trying to appeal to families, but they edited that out. And uh, the the rent a car scene, which uh, not so safe. The the very thing that got planes, trains, and automobiles the R rating back in the day. Uh, they butchered the hell out of it, and it didn't look right the way they edited everything. Uh, so yeah, you, this is another reason why you should own beloved classics and not leave it in the hands of uh, 
of uh, network television, cable television, or even streamers. Who's to say that one day uh, those things won't get streamed or edited on the streams? Because, I mean, we, we live in kind of a politically correct society now. Uh, anything could be altered. They're, they're already doing it with uh, Lizzo and Beyonce songs. Uh, let see. Earlier this week, Joe Biden pardoned a p- couple of turkeys, uh, none of which were his son. I, can, can, you know, not political talk here. I really don't understand this tradition of pardoning turkeys. I mean, he's done it. Uh, you know, Trump did it. Obama. W. It's it's like one of those corny traditions that I'm sure everybody in the White House says. Oh yeah, that everybody loves this. Everybody loves this. I don't think anybody gives two shits about it. To be honest. Um, when I see two turkeys being pardoned, I see, you know, food being wasted, personally. They need to stop it. It's not like the Easter egg roll or the lighting of the tree. Those the, those things I kind of get. Pardoning birds that uh, would otherwise just crap all over the barnyard, uh, you know, the barn house or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, no, don't do not do that. It's a waste of time. Why, why don't you uh, stay awake for more than seven hours of a day? Okay, um... Delving into this controversy, Marcus Stokes, quarterback uh, recruit out of Florida, high school student, uh, he was going to go to the University of Florida. That's not happening now because, uh, well, like any smart kid, he uh, videotaped himself rapping along to some lyrics that included the N-bomb. By the way, Marcus is white. And by the way, Marcus no longer has the scholarship. The University of Florida revoked it. I know, it's shocking. Uh, The very school that let uh, thug life Aaron Hernandez play for years without any problems. Uh, they're, they're more offended about a word than actions, but whatever. Um, but I don't know. It, it, I feel like there's an opportunity here for this kid to learn. Uh, first of all, put as little of yourself out on social media as possible because it's just going to come back and bite you in the ass. And it did right there. And it, there's just a degree of narcissism to think that you could rap along with uh, with whoever even if there isn't any end bombs I mean this this I don't see you know Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees or any of the old school guys doing this uh, they don't have time for it neither should you secondly uh, the University of Florida I mean you could have taken this kid in and said hey look you know do the public apology thing do some community service whatever to make yourself look better and just say hey I was stupid but this is this is one of those things where it's all about making you look better, not uh, trying to rehabilitate anything. That's the, and that's the problem with the cancel culture. It's not about educating people like they say it is. It's uh, when somebody puts their foot in their mouth and, uh, and says something irrehensible, reprehensible. That's what I'm looking for. Excuse me, I'm tired. Uh, just uh, kicking them while they're down until, you know, you get on top of that soapbox. And that's what the University of Florida is doing. Again, the school that gave uh, Thug Life Aaron Hernandez a scholarship. But, uh, you know, reading a little more into the story, I think there's a little more to it. Because he is a a recruit, but he's not like a five-star recruit. He's a four-star recruit, and uh, he's the 23rd best quarterback in the 23 uh, class coming up. Um, and now, his junior year, he did pretty well. He had about 2,600 yards, 28 touchdowns. This past year, though, 1,100 yards, 7 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, what Matt Ryan's dealing with, but I don't think Matt Ryan's put out an N-bomb rap video. <laughs> 
So I, I think maybe they're using this instance to just kind of brush them out and try to find somebody better. Um, because, you know, it's an SEC school. They've got some prestige. And if somebody's uh, statistically looking like crap, they'll find a reason to get rid of them. And this dude provided it for them. So, again, uh, don't spend your time making TikTok videos, rap videos. If you're a quarterback, uh, play like you want to be there. And don't waste your time with this shit. So there's that Marcus Stokes. I'm sure somebody's going to uh, pick him up. I mean, look, the Jets were, uh, were draft all sorts of bad quarterbacks. Uh, there's going to be a college that's uh, desperate enough for this kid's uh, services. All right. Uh, we we kind of poked fun at uh, the mauling, the bear mauling that uh, Taylor Swift fans have had to endure. Um recently uh, as you know her eras tour which was going to be a big seller because you know she is the biggest pop star on the planet I mean, you, you can go back and forth between her and beyonce really uh but she's got her swifties and they're humorless and they're desperate and uh, if anything gets in the way of their um, their love for taylor swift they're going to hate them and they discovered that Ticketmaster is satan something we've all noted known for a long time and uh, their servers crashed and a lot of these people uh, were unable to get tickets, uh, and some got overcharged. I saw this woman, I think she uh, tried to log in 14 different times, and they recorded each time as a purchase. She wasn't able to get her tickets, and it's just like this really bizarre, complex situation to get you know concert tickets. It shouldn't be like this. She 14 times, and she was charged, overdrafted, $9,000. Holy crap nine thousand uh, dollars some other girl i think this high school student said that she uh, was out fifteen hundred bucks and i'm just trying to figure out where a high school student gets fifteen hundred bucks i mean i was a bachelor for a long time and i was lucky if i had five hundred bucks in my bank account uh but you know you had all these people women uh, mostly uh, desperate to go see taylor swift uh that they kept hitting the uh the button over and over again and look i get it it sucks it's frustrating it shouldn't have happened and uh you know Ticketmaster's a bitch really um but are you who let me put it this way there are a lot of bands that i would love to see but if i have to go through hurdles i mean i'm a very impatient guy when it comes to the internet to begin with uh if i have to jump through a lot of hurdles to see said artist uh like like these swifties would I would just kind of throw in the towel and go, you know what, I'll, I'll wait until next time. I'll find a better way to do it. And, uh, you know, just, you, you gotta have to know when to quit, especially when Ticketmaster's kicking your ass. And Ticketmaster kicked a lot of people's asses, and some people lost money. In fact, they're, the Taylor Swift resale tickets are going for thousands on the internet. No surprise there, because, uh, you know, it's a free market, and Swifties and their cash will soon be parting. Um, I don't know what the long-term fix is, aside from the fact that Ticketmaster is a monopoly, and uh, maybe that should be looked at, but uh, Congress is already wanting to do hearings on this, and you know how effective congressional hearings can be. Yeah. Um, so, the, the lesson here is, uh, it, as long as Ticketmaster exists, use caution, use common sense. If something's not working out, don't don't hit the bar 14 times yikes alright so there's that uh, people are wasting their time with the world cup uh, out there in Qatar and making political statements because they can't believe it 
Qatar is hosting the World Cup. I don't think, I, and I agree, I don't know why that tiny-ass country is hosting, but uh, it's their place, their rules, and no matter how much virtue signaling you do, you're not going to get through to these people uh, at all. And uh, yeah, Budweiser kind of uh, locked out of the World Cup because they're not allowed to sell any beer in the stadiums. That was a last-minute decision, and I think they're doing the best they can with it. Um, they have decided they got a contest, like, um, and I do have this linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page that uh, whatever country wins the World Cup, uh, that country will get free Budweiser, which sounds incredible, really. But what if it's a Middle Eastern country with, uh, you know, Muslims? It then, then, you know, Allah forbids alcohol. Then you're still stuck with the beer. Uh, so uh, if that happens, uh, maybe they should give away a few cases to, uh, you know, podcasters that mention this story. I would be glad to take... Look, it, you know, Budweiser's all right. I can drink it. I'm not too much of a beer snob. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't want that to go to waste. I don't think anybody wants that to go away, so unless, of course, you live in Qatar. Now, the, the thing about Qatar is, yeah, yeah, you can't drink beer in the stadiums. There are places in that country, though, where you can drink alcohol for, you know, tourists, like uh, designated areas with liquor licenses, uh, like hotels and some restaurants. And uh, this dude from Seattle, I think he's over there watching the World Cup because he's a soccer fan and he's also a tech nerd and he's also a beer enthusiast. He's a hero because uh, he has constructed for World Cup fans a map, if they're over there in Qatar, uh, places where you can go and booze it up. And that is ingenious. It, it, again, that's taking a bad situation and making it work for you. So, uh, nice job there. Although, if you're if you're looking for a gay bar over there in Qatar, you're probably not going to find it there. Um, for reasons we won't get into. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good on this guy for doing what he does. Um, helping out some soccer fans that um, desperately need a beer or three after watching some of these games. Because I hear it's been kind of dreadful. Not a soccer guy myself. Okay, uh, delving into Twitter, um, as of this evening, checking it, I don't think Donald J. Trump has tweeted since uh, since his act, uh, account's been reactivated by Elon Musk. Was it Saturday night? So that's been like, what, one, two, three, four, four, four nights, four or five nights now? And uh, democracy is still standing here in these United States. Uh Buildings are not on fire. Cars are not on fire. Uh, there's no looting. Uh, none of that stuff. Everything is calm, quiet, too quiet. Unless, of course, you uh, count the rock stars throwing pissy fits uh, about Donald Trump's account being hacked. Or not hacked, but uh, reactivated. Two uh, that come to mind. And, and these uh, these guys are talented. Um, Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails. I dig some of his music. Uh, you know, he's not Oscar-winning composer. He's got success. Uh, he has quit Twitter uh, for his own mental health. And e even if there was no Donald Trump controversy, I kind of get it because Twitter is accessible, and it probably always will be. Um, but uh, he's talking about how uh, he didn't want to um, kowtow to, you know, 
billionaire arrogance or something like that. Like, he was just like, I, I'm done with that type of thinking. These billionaires thinking they can run the place. So he deleted his, uh, his Twitter account like any brave man worth $80 million would do. Yeah, very, very humble uh, where he's come from. And then there's uh, Jack White, who is uh, one of my favorite guitar players. Love the White Stripes. Elephant is a great album, by the way. Um, but when it comes to politics, you know, Jack White, he's, um, he's a very astute, great guitar player. Uh, he's also quit Twitter. Uh, I, I, he, I don't know if he posted this on his account before he deleted it or if this is an Instagram thing. Um, but he uh, likened Elon Musk. He, he, apparently, he's not a big into free speech, Jack White, because he doesn't think everybody should have it. Uh, but he equated Elon Musk to letting um, uh, Donald Trump have his account back to, like, uh, the Klan burning crosses. And he got into this bizarre analogy, or whatever, metaphor, where if uh, Jack White was running a gas station, he would not sell money, or he would not sell gasoline, to Klansmen if he knew that these Klansmen were going to go and burn crosses in people's yards. Because uh, um, that's what that's what Klansmen do. They, they show up at gas stations wearing robes. And let's be honest, a lot of Klansmen are poor rednecks anyway, with gas prices being the way they are. Uh, they probably couldn't afford to burn crosses right now. So there's that. Um, but it's just, it's so... It's so melodramatic because the you know Jack White's north of uh, forty. I know Trent Reznor's north of fifty. These guys are kind of the elder statesmen of rock, and they're acting like teenagers still. And I and I didn't follow uh, them personally on Twitter. I do follow some rock bands, but I I, I gotta wonder because I've been reading this uh, this auto well not an autobiography but this biography about Stan Lee. Uh, the late great head of Marvel Comics, and how like he would use the bullpen and uh, the newsletter uh, pages in the comic books to interact with fans, read their mail, uh, give out Marvel no prizes, which was basically no prize. You just got an envelope from Stan Lee. It was kind of a gag gift if your letter got published. Um, but like that was his big thing. Is like he felt he could grow an audience. By interacting with them, uh, did Jack or Trent ever really talk with their fans, or did their handlers do it? And when their handlers would use Twitter for them, would it be to interact with fans, or would it just be to push product? Like, okay, here's my new album, new single, here are tour dates, you can buy these T-shirts, whatever. Because that's that's kind of the free speech thing too, is uh, you know interacting back and forth with your fans, regardless of uh, any differences of opinion or whatnot. It just seems to me like uh, a lot of the blue check marks on Twitter that are bitching about uh, the way things are right now are the ones that kind of want the center of attention and don't want to share it with anybody else, uh, no matter what that other person may say. And keep in mind, Donald Trump has still not tweeted. And I, I maintain, because he can't help himself, it will eventually happen. But uh, the sky probably won't fall if it does happen. So... Um, if you want to quit Twitter, that's fine. Uh, you can live without Twitter, but uh, the the melodrama of leaving Twitter is akin to a 15-year-old slam in the bedroom door being met at mom and dad. So, my two cents on that. All right, so this Bob Ch Chapik, uh, Bob Iger thing, 
over at Disney. Uh, I still don't know what to make of it, but uh, Bob Chapik, uh, kind of a rough two years, and uh, Bob Iger's coming back, and uh, Bob Iger's like 71, and he's going to be there for maybe two years, and then somebody else will have it. And, you know, some of the complaints about Disney is that it's been too woke. Um, I don't know if that's going to change any or not. Um, but, uh, you know, the two uh, the two big missteps um, was uh, the handling of the don't say gay thing, which, again, that's not what the bill was all about uh, down there in Florida. And then, like, him and his employees get into it. And then the, the whole ScarJo thing, Scarlett Johansson, getting kind of uh, screwed out of any profits from Black Widow because I think they released the movie I, they released it in theaters and then soon after it was on Disney Plus so she didn't get make as much money as she should have on that you know if, if you have a chance if you're already paying for Disney Plus and the movie's there and it's out in theaters why would you go out to theaters to go see it you know what I mean um, but it, this is a kind of a, a, a conundrum for Disney because uh, you know there's a lot of factors in play, but I, I want to uh, kind of home on the streaming thing here for a bit because it's fascinating and this is the same kind of crap that uh, HBO Max ran into recently with the uh, you know before Discovery bought them is uh, s studios still don't understand how to monetize the internet. And especially when it comes to streaming platforms and getting that uh, that return on investment, uh, South Park kind of did something like that with YouTube videos about 15 years ago, and it's still relevant. And, you know, clicks and eyeballs does that really uh, uh, does that really translate into money? Because Iger helped launch Disney Plus back in 2019 before he left, and you know, Chapik took over, and Chapik was trying to you know push more content onto Disney Plus. And, uh, you know, that meant losing some money at the box office, not getting uh, some of that cash back that they needed. And granted, there was that whole pandemic thing, but it, even when things quieted down with that thing, uh, there seemed to be quite a, a push on there. I mean, what was it? Uh, Disenchanted exclusive on Disney+. Plus. They didn't even try putting that out in the theater. And that's just been recently released. You have all these uh, Marvel shows, and I know uh, as a Marvel fan, you know, looking at the boards, there are fans of Marvel that feel like they're being oversaturated with uh, content, and some of it is not all that great. I know a lot of people are bitching about that She-Hulk uh, season finale, which I did not see. I just heard about it, and yeah. So you have all this content, um, and you have this flat subscription rate. You know, you don't have box office. You don't have the theater. And right now, I think in this past year, uh, Disney Plus lost one and a half billion with a B damn dollars. And it's crazy when you think about that. So that's the thing that Bob Iger has to realize is, uh, you know, this is a big thing. And, you know, some of the things you would have to think that are in play when you have something like that is bringing up the price of Disney Plus or maybe making Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus one thing, you know, Disney Max or whatever. Uh, bring you know, bring them under one umbrella. Make that one app. You raise the price, and then you know, make things last longer in the theaters. When you make a movie, make it go out in the theaters, and then bring it to your streaming platform three or four months later, depending on box office. Not so soon, because uh, you know, HBO Max, Warner Brothers had that problem, uh, and and was struggling. I mean, here's a studio. That has access to Looney Tunes, 
DC Comics, Harry Potter, uh, The Sopranos, you know, all sorts of classic movies from Casablanca to Goodfellas. Uh, you know, just a dirt, just, well, I won't say dirt, but just a huge selection, a huge catalog of content, and they couldn't monetize it, and they were losing money on it. And, you know, Disney's got a nice little chunk of content, uh, you know, under their umbrella with, uh, you know, their own stuff, Pixar, 20th Century Fox, Marvel, um, Star Wars, uh, all of that stuff. And, uh they can't monetize it and they're making content they're making things like the mandalorian and they're making things that are divisive like uh you know obi-wan kenobi that was a bad show book of boba fett that was a bad show um and you know this show andor um uh, and it, which i have not seen because i'm kind of burnt out on star wars uh it's gotten some rave reviews but it of the star wars shows it's gotten fewer eyeballs of them all and so that's not bringing in the streaming numbers. And so you're, that's what you're dealing with here is like you have all this new content. You already have eyeballs subscribing, paying the monthly rate, but you're not bringing anybody else in. And when you're competing against Apple Plus, Amazon Prime, uh, even your own Hulu and ESPN Plus, Netflix, Paramount Plus, HBO Max, all those apps, not everybody can afford everything. I've got Disney Plus, I've got Netflix, I've got Paramount Plus to a lesser extent, Peacock because we do have cable. I can't afford to get stream anything else and see it because, well, you know, you got to pay the utilities and you got to feed your kids. At least I do anyway. So that's that's uh, the, kind of the harsh reality of it all is like it seems like to me doing new content on these streaming platforms is really risky. And maybe you scale back that content as well. And maybe that would be beneficial to your brands like Star Wars and Marvel and make things feel a little special that you're not putting out something once every two months. Maybe you do it once every three to four months. Maybe you have three special projects per year and try to concentrate on the theatrical stuff because God knows you need a reason for people to go back to movie theaters. That's just kind of another rant I've had about this. And again, studios, a lot of companies still don't know how to monetize the internet and it's been around for like at least in pop culture for about 30 years now all right going on from that to um, apple plus uh, there's a show on there and i don't have apple plus i would love to watch it if i did uh slow horses it's a spy drama with gary oldman he's in his 60s talented guy finally won an oscar for playing winston churchill but i mean he's been in the fifth element he's been in the professional he's been in uh, hannibal uh he was a great jim gordon in uh and uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Uh, he says that uh, Slow Horses is probably going to be his last project. He'd like to retire and do other things um, because he doesn't want to be acting into his 80s. If that's the path he chooses, uh, it's still a hell of a career. And my hat's off to him. And he's always been one of the better actors in Hollywood. And he just, he makes it seem seamless. Like when he gets into character. It's just, it's uncanny how different a lot of the roles are that he plays, how, how many accents he can do. Um, you know, I know a lot of people talk about Daniel Day-Lewis being one of the greatest actors out there, and I'm not taking anything away from Daniel Day-Lewis, but Gary Oldman has to be in that conversation, too. Uh, just uh, a phenomenal actor. And I, yeah, I kind of wish there was more guys like him because he's not uh, he's not overtly political. I'm sure, I mean, he's got his opinions, I'm sure. Um, 
but you know he's he's professional he's uh, battled alcoholism and uh, is winning that battle for decades now so that's off to him and uh, he's a hell of a worker too so Gary chances of you hearing this podcast are slim but uh, thank you for uh, for being the actor you are and I, I want to wrap this up because this is Thanksgiving weekend uh, thanking you the listener for hanging in with me uh, uh, and uh, I appreciate you downloading the podcasts uh, week in week out or you know once a month or whatever whatever I don't care uh, I am thankful for God I'm thankful for being in the United States where I do have the First Amendment for as long as it lasts, uh, my wife, my beautiful wife, I love her dearly. My daughters, Lana and Hazel, my son, Logan, uh, my mother-in-law, my parents, my brother, my sisters, uh, my sister's uh, husband, um, Jared, who's a pretty decent brother-in-law, um, and I uh, just uh, all the family and friends I have in my life. Thank you very much. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the turkey. Enjoy the football. Enjoy avoiding stores this weekend if you can retailers you have my uh, if you work in the retail industry you have my prayers my thoughts my good vibes my voodoo whatever you'll get through it until next time stay fresh cheese you've been listening to mike davidson live be sure to check him out on social media like him at facebook.com backslash m davidson live follow him on twitter look for at davidson live 